You know what? Yeah? You know what you didn't notice today? What's that? Is that I trimmed my beard. You know what? I actually did notice it looked different, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It's like a sleeker version of me. Yeah, because it, it was kind of squared off before and you kind of put the put a I, curve I, on the edge. I actually trimmed like four inches off of it. Do you do that yourself? I do do it myself. I wanted to make it shorter, but it was looking pretty good. Like, yeah. and I didn't want to. I didn't want to screw it up. What's the shortest you've had it? I mean, I've shaved before. Well, I mean, since you've had the big oh, beard. Oh, this is probably. The well, let me ask you this way: okay. What's the most comfortable you are with shortness? Uh, this is probably it. About it. Yeah, yeah. I might go shorter. I might try and go shorter because I like your beard. I like the way it's looking. Really? Yeah. I was kind of nervous about it. Why? I don't know. You know, because it kind of looks straggly sometimes, and you know. You think you look straggly? Yeah. No, dude. No, I look straggly. You like, do not. Like when my beard goes like. Yours looks very Vikingish. Anyway, I was like, thank you. My wife says the same thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I was just disappointed that you didn't notice it. I mean, I you didn't make it. You didn't deeply apologize. It's okay. <laughs> I've actually wondered about who you know who cuts your beard or, or like do. who trims it. I do it. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty uh, high level. I Thanks. have to say. Thanks. It takes a lot of practice. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've screwed it up before. <laughs> I'm like, well, it looks like I'm shaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, for Aquaman fans out there, he trimmed off his beard recently. Oh, did he? I saw, I saw a video on it. Nice. He's trying to like fight for the earth or something like that. And, and he had to shave his beard? Yeah, because he wanted to draw attention. I understand. So he wanted to show his, um, you know, his less than bearded face. I understand. Okay. Which I think was a self-promotionary move. Do you think it was, it was totally self-serving? I think so. I think he's like, hey, you want to see how good looking I am? It did. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this, there's no way this guy could look better without a beard. And you're yeah. like, oh shit, he does. He does. That's terrible. And he's like, yeah, I did it for the planet. Yeah. Does that make him Captain Planet? It's, your, your, your planetary career? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy Zeus's beard. Hey, oh. speaking of Zeus's beard. Yeah. Got a funny video game story for you. I love it. And that is, uh, I, I play video games on a, on a semi-regular basis, and most of the time it's inspired by my children who enjoy... Now, I grew up with video games. I had an Atari, you know. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to have an, an, a Nintendo, right? Right. A Nintendo Entertainment System. My neighbor had one, and that was a lot of fun. So, I mean, like, but, you know... I never you had one. You never had a Nintendo? Not, not until later on, you know. It was yeah. like, we were a little behind the times. I didn't I didn't have one either. And, and, you know, and like Atari was fun. It was fine. And we had the arcade, yeah. of course. We liked the arcade. But when I became an adult, one day I realized that I could go down to That you GameStop. had your own money? That's right. And my own money, I could buy <laughs> whatever video game system I did. And so I've had a video game system in my house, you know, forever, you know. And I'm a casual player of games. I enjoy them. Uh, to and my and I'm more inspired by my children and the stuff that they enjoy playing and playing with them or whatever. Um, but uh, so one of the games that was on sale, I usually buy my games on sale when I can, right? Um, because they're expensive, yeah. right? And there is a game called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It takes place oh, yeah. during uh, Greek and Roman times. And at, at one point, your character can climb the statue of Zeus, okay? And <laughs> Zeus is naked. All right. So the first time I ambled up, and all my kids are sitting on the couch while I'm doing this, and we're having a freaking you know blast, and I'm climbing up his ass crack, and they're freaking <laughs> losing it. Well, I don't just go there. I dive off of him, and I climb back up him. Only this time, I climb up his junk, right? <laughs> and I'm like singing a song about it, and they're freaking losing it, swinging I mean, from like, his nuggets. Yeah, he. They were losing it. Okay, <laughs> and and just the funniest. Like they just thought it was the funniest thing, right? 
And so there's no shame in my household, by the way. I mean, we're pretty open about like body parts and yeah. all that stuff because I try not to like my wife and I are like really big on not creating like any type of deviancy in this. Yeah, right. So right. anyway, it's just hilarious. But the best part is, is that my daughter then goes and my littlest one, she's six and she goes and grabs, uh, we get, you know, when, whenever we recycle our old like electronics, like our iPhones and stuff, we give them to the kids. They have like minor internet access or whatever, sure. mostly just to text and call us because they love doing it. No, my wife was out. She was at Target, and my littlest one goes upstairs and FaceTimes her while she's in line and talks about that. She said she. I guess the words were, "Daddy is swinging on Zeus's penis." <laughs> <laughs> right? Freaking hilarious! Like, and my wife's like, "What is going on over there?" Right? That's not the best one. Okay. <laughs> So yesterday we're driving in the car. Now, uh, my three of my kids were were there. My eldest was not. And we're driving back, and and my littlest one starts talking about this again. Only this time she changed it from Zeus to Jesus. Okay, <laughs> and she's like, "Daddy was swinging on Jesus's penis." All right, <laughs> and Lil's like, my eldest is like, "What?" Eloise, <laughs> stop it! And Max is like, "It's true. Only it was Zeus." And she's like. <laughs> And she's like, Daddy, why would you tell him that? And Max goes, <laughs> Max goes, he didn't tell us. He showed us. <laughs> my, my, my daughter was ashen. She, what, are you, what are you doing? I'm like, this is totally this is totally out of context. Now, here's the worst part of this whole story is that they just went back to school today after spring break. And I'm terrified that this story is going to yeah, be told. <laughs> So, so similarly, you know, my six-year-old, so we have, you know, uh, Jeff and I have young kids at about the same age. Yeah. And uh, my little guy's about to turn seven, but, you know, he's in that full swing of loving. Get a full swing. All these, <laughs> all these body parts. Yeah. And speaking of full swing. Yeah. We went to Hershey the other day. Again. You know, this is like the, well, this was the same tri- trip that I told you Oh, about. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, every time... My wife would say Reese's pieces. It would come out Reese's penis, <laughs> <laughs> and she did it like six times to the point where now this is like a family joke, right? Reese's penis, and so we finally just got him away from saying that. Um, just prior to that, I, I, I accidentally called someone a butthole <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Which, which in our, in our language is not terrible, yeah, but to a six-year-old who takes that to school and calls someone a butthole, <laughs> well, it's high level. Yeah, that's high level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we had butthole, Reese's penis, and then this weekend we go to this place uh, in Pittsburgh, and they're known for they're known in the area. It's the Brighton Hot Dog Shop. Okay. And um, you know, to a kid, <laughs> there's and, a lot of hot wieners <laughs> in there. <laughs> Right? Their slogan is the best wieners around. <laughs> he says, Is that like Reese's penis dad? <laughs> I said wrong wiener, pal. Yeah, wrong wiener. Oh my gosh. So hey, speaking of the summertime, right? Yeah. As we're getting getting gearing up for this in video games. Oh. We were talking about this today. We were talking about like the struggle with like your kids, mm-hmm. not your kids specifically, although well, your kids yeah, my kids too. But my kids as well, and I think a lot of other kids. You know, uh, spending their entire summer inside in the fetal position or playing video games or stuck on their phones and yeah. electronics, you know, television, whatever, and getting them outside. We were yeah. struggling with this, this concept. Now, yeah, I'll preface this by saying that my kids love the outdoors, right? The struggle 
is getting them outside. Yeah, getting getting their their thinker turned on. Yeah, their imagination rolling like that whole thing. It's a struggle. Yeah, so we just wanted to take like a couple of minutes today to do a little summer prep for you guys. At the very least, let all of our other listeners who are parents who are struggling with the same thing know that you're not alone. Yeah, this. and let's put this out for poll too. Yeah, I'd love for you guys to post some ideas of how you um, you know kind of control this for the summer. What's your plan? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, we you know typically. You know, mine is mine involves, and I realize this too that it, the more engaged uh, my wife and I are with their activities, the the easier it is to get them outdoors. Yeah, right. So it's not as easy just to tell them to go outside, uh-huh. right? But if I'm like, hey, we're gonna go out and throw a ball, or we're gonna go out and skate, or we're gonna go out and whatever, then they're like, yeah, let's go do that. So you're talking like like <sighs> taking charge. Yeah, I mean, you said this before, like I don't know, taking responsibility. Yeah, just take for your take children's your, time. I know. <laughs> totally screwed up concept. I don't. Yeah, did I try taking responsibility for him? Yeah, because because he, here's what doesn't work, right? No, you can't have electronics. No, you can't play your game. You have to go out inside and play because I want the house quiet so I can watch Game of Thrones. Right, so I can play games <laughs> or watch TV. Because <laughs> they're, they're like, you know, hey, listen, I don't know how to spell hypocritical, but I know how to say it. That's right. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. Hypocrite. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally true. No, it's totally true. And the and the irony in all these like these situations are not lost on me. No, you know? no. Like, I just want some peace and quiet so I can do all the things that you want to do by myself. Yeah, without you. Without you. But I'm going to make you go outside. I'm not going to do the things that you would like to do with you. Right. So, mm. Mm. yeah. I like the fact that you're skating. You know, you have a big plan to go skating. Yeah. You know, I don't have any um, outdoor activities planned yet. Um, but I like where you're going with that. You know, one of the things that I know that we did last year and, you know, obviously we put the big plan in place and then it kind of falls off. Always. It is hot in here, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just going to take, go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to take my sweatshirt off. Yeah. You, I was roasting looking at you and I was like, why am I so hot? Because you are. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I, I, the plan that, that we typically had and we talked about briefly is, uh, Saturdays is is their free time with electronics like that's the time that they can look forward to so sure we, basically whenever they wake up on a saturday morning until 10 a.m they can play video games okay. non-stop we don't even ask any questions right right but what do you do during the week well during the week so we're we're similar in that like so the the way it's structured at least during the school year uh we're a little bit more loose in the in the uh, uh summer months but during the school week there's no video games during the school week at all really yeah And what that's turned into, I think, for, I mean, now they're involved in a lot of different activities and so, you know, so are we in jujitsu and so forth. So um, it's it's pretty easy to keep them distracted during the week, but they have uh, a designated amount of time during the weekend to play. Okay. And they have a timer, and when that timer goes off, then it's time to put them away. Right. So, I mean, you know, it works to a degree. It doesn't stop them from asking. Here, here's the thing too everybody out there needs to know this that uh, Jeff Beck and I we both work from home and so a big yeah. part of this is is that you know all of a sudden the kids aren't in school right and now they're in our office space that's right you know so there has to be a really significant plan in place I, I think so I agree with this because you brought up a really good point and that is it's much easier for us to say well yeah you can go play games because now you're so out much my, easier yeah because now you're out of my hair and uh, have to try and figure out what I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to structure this. By that same token, there's a part of me that feels like I can say, it's not my responsibility to entertain you 
Sure. You know, so go figure it out. But that usually results in fighting. Like somebody ends up bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I wish I would have just taken the time. <laughs> well, and you know, we're, we're big about taking the woo out of like things, right? So yeah. the, here's one of the things I get hung up on is, well, this other parent allows their kid to do blah, blah, blah. Right. And so am I being like a mean parent? Am I like too yeah. strict? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm all, always comparing myself to other parents like as if that matters. Right. Like they're my kids. That's exactly right. And you're and you're probably just the fact that you think in that those terms means that you're a good parent. Maybe. I talk about this with my wife. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I talk about this with my wife all the time who's like, who's like the, the, easily the best mom in the world. And, uh, and I had a great you know, mom, obviously she's still here. I have a great mom, but I mean, being raised by a mother who was, who did a terrific job. My wife is, is, a, is, is even like a level up. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I say that with it, with all due respect, but she worries constantly as to whether or not she's doing a good job. Yeah. And like, that's the key to doing a good job. I think. Absolutely. In my opinion, you know. Yeah. And then, um, you know, having other moms that are around you, that's that my wife is very big about, um, you know, kind of being open and honest with other moms out there and saying like, hey, you know, I have a pile of laundry in front of the 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 washer also. Right. Like, you don't have to feel bad. Like, if you don't get to all of it today, like, no one is out doing you. That's right. And if they say they are, like, good for you. I'm glad you're, like, the best mom on the whole planet. Like, you've done it all. Like, yeah, now the rest of us can go on living. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to have... You know, moms who recognize each other for each other, like just like dads too. Like, yeah. you know, I see the way we grew up, and, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but you know, my dad worked, and you know, my mom raised us, and you know, for for our household, my dad just you know that was his job, and and he did it well. And then you know, sometimes he would coach my baseball team, and sure, if sure. I asked him to play catch, he would do that. Yeah, but like we were expected to go out and like do our own thing, and that's right. It's like as dads, like it's okay. It's actually healthy for your kids to go out and figure out how to do it themselves. Sure, of course. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen like, um, I, I believe it's Bear Grylls. I, I, this kind of sticks in my head where he will take his kids on campouts, but he'll give like one kid the opportunity to lead. Right. You know, and we've talked about this before. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, those kind of things, like, it's okay for us dads to, like, let them go do that stuff. Of course. So I, I, and I totally agree with that. I think it's important for you to play the role of catalyst, right? To get the ball rolling. To lead uh, by a example. Good point. I like right? that. But you don't need to be on top of them. You don't need to be helicopter parenting, you know, in that, in that respect. But I grew up in a similar fashion. I mean, my dad worked, you know, he worked seven days a week. Um, and, uh, and so when he was home... His idea of home environment is that my mom, you know, took care of the household mm-hmm. and he worked, right? But the funny part about it is that most of the time that we were growing up, my mom worked too. So she worked on top of working and she took care of everything. I mean, yeah. she did the schoolwork, she did the cooking and cleaning, she did the, you know, she did the, uh, you know, taking us all the activities and everything else. Plus she worked a job, you know, she did, like, she did all that shit. And then at some point, I, rem- I remember it. I remember, like, when my dad decided that it was time for him to start pitching in around the house, right? Because, <laughs> like, that stuff doesn't get done on its own, right? Yeah. It was a big deal. Like, I was it's like, like me last week when my wife went on vacation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, oh, snap, you uh, did that too. Oh, man, wow. You do a lot I mean, of shit. <laughs> I feel like I did a great job, but I totally forgot to go grocery shopping and do the laundry. <laughs> in which my daughter told my wife when, I, when she got yeah, home, like, yeah. he didn't do either of those things all week right i'm like dang god yeah 
You exactly. guys do a lot. And you just take it for granted, right? I mean, that's how that's how it is, you know. It's so <laughs> weird. So hopefully, hopefully got a better a better uh, you know, better generation coming up and figuring out how to do that stuff. But more to the point of this story was that you were talking about uh, you just said, uh, you know, we're getting our kids out there and getting them away from electronics and all this other stuff. And uh, and you had made mention about comparing yourself to other parents, yeah. right? And it's almost like what we're talking about today, which is don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, right? In specific relationship to... But it the, looks good. It does look good. The jiu-jitsu cult. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Like The cult of jiu-jitsu. It can be served in many different flavors. It's... it's colors. A, oh, it does. It comes sippy in, cup. Look, if you don't think that you're part of the cult of jiu-jitsu and you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you don't even know that you got sucked into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's true. I mean, it, it is... Um, it, well, and let's be honest, the sport itself is extremely addictive. It is. And so I don't want to paint the picture that is totally negative. No. You know, it's not. It's just, and, and, and we, you and I have talked about this too. If there was going to be one cult that I was going to join, it's going to be... It would jiu-jitsu. be that one. <laughs> yeah, it would be the jiu-jitsu one, right? Yeah. I just think that the cult of jiu-jitsu is fascinating, right? Yeah. So it, what do you mean by that? Well, because I find that like in those environments, so a lot of people paint it in a, in a variety of different ways. And it, I guess it depends greatly on like what part of jiu-jitsu you're a part of. If you're a casual practitioner that likes to bring your kids in, your family environment, or you're doing it for the social component or self-defense or competition, each of them has a different, sort of a different take on it. Yeah. What I notice most readily is that when you first start jiu-jitsu, like you are all jiu-jitsu. Uh-huh. Like everything's jiu-jitsu. You buy every, all your, your gears jiu-jitsu. You think about jiu-jitsu. You're spending all of your work time watching YouTube videos. You're talking about it. None of your friends like you anymore because they don't do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> you can't hang out with any friends at night if you're a 6 a.m. That's right. You know, and you go, like, if you're going, right. And all of your evening, now, if you're an evening person, you train in the evening, like, all of your activities that everybody was used to you going to, you don't go to anymore. Because no. you're like, I'm going to go train, right? And they're like, you know, I can hang out on a Monday night and a Wednesday night. Right. Yeah. But but other than that, I'm I'm out. Well, I mean, and everything changes, right? I mean, it changed for me too. I mean, like I I, I for those that don't know what I look like, I have I have a lot of tattoos, but I also have a lot of tattoos that never got finished or started because I don't want to take time off the mat. It's what I a mean, great point. Yeah, I mean, it just happens. You know, all of a sudden you you've changed your whole lifestyle. Anyway, what this is this is the this is the it can be painted typically as the jujitsu lifestyle, which yeah. is a, a nice package for a cult. <laughs> it's a cult. It's a nice way of saying right. it's cult. It's cultish. Right. <laughs> and so what happens, what I think what I was talking about with this is that I find it interesting, or what I find most fascinating, and myself is included in this, is that where reasonable adults start making decisions predicated upon their jujitsu training versus the rest of their life. Yeah. Right. Whether it starts interfering with your, you know, your interpersonal relationships or the relationships at home or your work, like, and we just don't give a shit. Right. We're like, well, it's jujitsu. Like everybody's going to get it. And you're like, no, they don't get it because they're not part of the cult. (laughs) Which, you know, the, the, that's, that's one of the, the biggest hallmarks of a cult, right? Is when you don't understand why they don't understand. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, Like, I don't understand why these people think my ears being all banged up is such a big deal. Right. Well, I don't get it. What's the problem? What's the problem? Everybody I know has got messed up ears. Yeah. I mean, everybody that I respect. <laughs> everybody I like. I mean, that's like instant cred. Like, right. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Yeah. 
<laughs> and you, it's just fascinating to me. It is fascinating. You know, like, so, you know, I guess like the, so I have a, so I have a story to tell, right? And it started, it started in like when I started training and I had a coach who like morphed, like in the beginning was really cool, right? And he sort of morphed into a, like a, an over dominating, uh, micromanager. Yeah. But it got to the, they got to the point where like he wanted to manage everything about what we were doing, right? Because we were getting ready to fight like in mixed martial arts and jujitsu was a component of our training uh, and a big one at that. But, but nonetheless, the point was, is that like, he wanted to know our diet. He wanted to know, you know, to him, he was the alpha and omega and he wanted us to know this. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I started to realize that it was a lot like, you know, all the stories you've heard about, like he's the master, he's the Sifu, he's the, yeah. you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm an adult and I have, I have a grown man who I'm paying money to every month. Tell me how I'm supposed to live my life. Yeah. Right, like you can't no training outside of this gym because you have to remain loyal to this gym. There's, I if you're out if you're out there lifting weights, I need to know about it because I need to know what your routine is and like and I'm like you need to know when I take a shit, you need to know like what I'm eating, you need to know when I'm sleeping with my wife, you need to know like this is nonsense, this is ridiculous, and I I left. Yeah, and that was the end of it. Yeah, I would too. And but it, but it, before that, before that, I was totally wrapped up in it. Right. I mean, like we were doing like weekly meetups at his house. We were just like talking about the philosophy of martial arts and like, and like all that stuff's cool in context to, you know, you know, just an understanding. Yeah. But when you start drinking the Kool-Aid, like it starts becoming a problem. Right. Yeah. And so even at these like meetups, for instance, we would have a variety of uh, people from different disciplines and they'd show up. And most of those people were so full of shit. Well, more importantly, they were so full of themselves, right? Never been tested, never yeah. like, never had to do any of this stuff, but we're totally convinced that they were like the next great samurai, you know? You know what? It just proves that like everybody wants something to get behind, right? You want to believe in like, something. Right? Like it's an identity. Uh, yeah, uh, right. right. Or, or believe in something. You know, one, one of the most recent ones that I came across, so I, I uh, bought a uh, car to work on with the boys. It wasn't an expensive car, but um, it's a fun car. And um, it's a Chrysler. Yeah. Which, when you get into the whole world of cars, there are there are three, well, let's call it four categories. You have Ford. You have GM. You have Mopar. And then you have everything else. Okay. Right? And then everything else is not insignificant. Like, you've got, like, Ferraris are in there. You've got the Honda world. And you've got the... The burners out there with like Nissan, like it, it, it's it's a it's a pretty big category. But but there's one specifically that you know buying a Chrysler, Chrysler is a Mopar, and Mopar has this saying is like Mopar or no car. Yeah, gotcha. Right? Yeah. Like you can't be a Ford guy, you can't be a Chevy guy. Right. You know, it's Mopar or no car, and right. you know it's all these reasons to identify with this thing that makes you the best. Right. <laughs> Like, well, we're better than these people because they drive a Ford. Right, right. Or these people because, they, you know, I know that's a nice car, but it is a Chevy after all. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. No, totally. It, it, well, I mean, we're talking about branding now. I mean, this yeah. is exactly what happens. And people identify with their brand. Yeah. You know, they're like, that's what I do. And, and I like and I can see that, like, there's a benefit to, you know, helping establish identity for you, right? Sure. I'm just showing, I'm just warning people like it's okay to join the cult, just don't drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
Yeah. Because if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say don't drink the Kool-Aid, like, you'll have to look it up. And you've been sipping too long. Yeah. Because here, here, so fast forward, you know, what does that look like? You know, given that we've both been doing the sport for yeah. greater than a decade. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like there's, so there's a, there's a, I think there's might virgin into a, into a solution or a thought anyway, at the very least, is that I find that like obsession, right? It, at a certain point, it becomes unhealthy. I think in the beginning it's good, like, and I think that there's there has to be a natural obsession with wanting to know more, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever you're doing. But in this case, we're talking about jujitsu. There's so much to unlock, and there's so much to figure out that you can spend an entire lifetime learning it and still not learn everything. Yeah. So, like, you know, right away getting into it that there's a whole world of of uh, learning and experience, and ultimately, then you know, joy that you can derive from this and it's already done like mm-hmm. this stuff and not that doesn't even touch on all the things that are being created right now right right but when it becomes unhealthy when the obsession becomes like like where it starts interfering with your everyday life then i start to worry that you're drinking the Kool-Aid yep. right so if you and these are things to look out for too i think when you're finding looking for a gym to to train at or an academy to train at I think you want to find people like, especially owners that are well grounded in the in your reality as well. Yeah. Right. That that jujitsu, like, it, it, we want you there as much as possible, right? Sure. But we also appreciate that you can't be there all the time. Yeah, I think that's where you know we've been very clear about this in the past. Um, I never faulted anybody for not showing up for a week of class, and when you come back, it's like, come on back, let's go. Right, let's go. I'm glad you're back. Right. You know, but I I know that people have their lives outside and things happen, you know, sick, get a new tattoo. Yeah, you don't feel like it. You don't feel like it today. (laughs) You know, injury, all those things, you know, didn't clean your gi. Right. I prefer if you stay home. (laughs) Preferably speaking. Yeah. If you didn't clean your gi, stay home. Yeah, just stay home. Right. But, you know, it's like... um, you know, that time off is also healthy too. You know, we speaking with a student last week, um, who was just exasperated, you know, life events, work events, jujitsu events, just all this stuff yeah. kind of converging. And it's like, listen, step away. Yeah. Take two days. Don't think about it at all. When you come back, you, I mean, it's going to be refreshing and, and it'll be the sport, the, the entertainment you were looking for rather than the commitment that you feel like you owe. Sure. That's right. And that's, I think that's what happens. It becomes this thing where you start feeling like you have to do this thing all the time. Right. And that's where the obsession becomes unhealthy. Yeah. And it's like, no one's going to respect me if I don't go into the gym right now. And, and even though I, I just feel terrible and I don't want to, or, or whatever life circumstances happen, it is possible. And I think it happens a lot too, where your spouse is like, Hey, you train like five days a week. I just want to go out to eat you know, with you and you're like, I can't, I've got to go to jujitsu. No one will respect me. You're like, <laughs> you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Here's your wife who, who's like graciously not said anything and just wants a night out with you. Yeah. Go to dinner with your wife. <laughs> yeah. It's you're not, your jujitsu isn't going to go down the toilet. No, it's really not. And see, that's the thing, right? Those are those, the same way that I see like, and don't, again, this is not a criticism. It's just an observation. Like when you go on vacation and the first thing you do is start looking for jujitsu gyms to train at, right? Like that's cool, but yeah. remember you're on vacation. Yeah. It's okay to take a break. It's okay well, and that's what happens every time anyways, right? Like right. we all were like, oh, I'm going to train. I'm going to find a place. I'm going to find, you know, you get out there and, and you do find places and you're like, 
oh, but I had too many beers today at the pool. Well, I'll train tomorrow. Next thing you know, the whole week's by, and right. you didn't train one time. Right. And you're like, oh, well, well yeah, and I didn't die. And no, I didn't forget all my jiu-jitsu right. either. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, and I, and then, you know, then you can just, you can go ahead and like absolve yourself of the guilt of doing it by, by saying right from the get-go, I'm not training that week. I'm on vacation. I'm just yeah. going to go rest and play with my kids or whatever you're going to do. Go have fun yeah. and stop worrying about it. Or right? or. But see, that's part of the cult. The cult says you have to be training no matter where you're at, yeah. you know, or you aren't shit, right? Well, here's, I, I was thinking about this because I think one of the biggest draws that you have that caused this to happen is, so if you have never been part of jiu-jitsu, the acceptance in that world. Yeah. So, you know, I my personality is this, and I don't understand the opposite, by the way. The opposite of my personality is like you got to prove yourself, and then once you prove yourself, then I'll I'll like you. Me, I'm like a golden retriever. <laughs> you like, I'm like They come through the door, and I'm like, awesome, another friend. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to meet them. You know, um, and and jujitsu is like that. Like we're a bunch of golden retrievers. Like you come in, you show interest in our sport, and we're like, come on in. I want to show you everything I know. That's Hurry right. up, come to all the classes. Are you coming tomorrow? Hey, you know what? We have a noon class too. Exactly. You know, the next yeah. thing you know, you're like yeah. you're coming to like three classes a day. That's right. And you're like, what in the world just happened? It's like three months in, and you're like, I'm almost a black belt. Exactly. <laughs> because it's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then, then you find that, like, people start, you know, showing their true colors, and it's like, okay, well, I don't necessarily get along with that person and this sure, person. Sure, sure. And then you get, like, 10 years down the road, you know, 12 years, 13 years down the road, and you're like, I don't like any of you anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do I really, really... I've heard this one before, you know. Yeah. No, it's true though. The the and I think that's the I think that's the the key to it, right? Is is like I'm not trying to change the fact that it's a cult. What I'm trying to do is is be aware of it. Like yeah. as soon as you have some self awareness around it, that you can start like compartmentalizing this into what it really is, right? And if you're as long as you're deriving joy and it's not creating harm to yourself or others, well, yourself. How about that? <laughs> Then you're, you know, I think you're doing okay. I, like I said, the thing, the th- most important thing for me, I guess, from a, you know, if we're looking at jujitsu, and I think a lot of times this gets pulled out of jujitsu is the martial art component, right? That it's an art. And I think in order to contribute to the art, I think it's important for you to have your autonomy, yeah. right? So it's okay to be a part of this, this, this group, this family, if you want to put that in quotes, this family of practitioners across the globe and we all know each other by our you know by our posture and our gnarled fingers and weird ears and you know yeah you can generally tell a jack a, a jujitsu practitioner you know right away um but but outside of that is the fact that you are you and you have a lot of other things to to offer and bring to the table and i would argue that your autonomy in that circle is what brings new things to the table to jujitsu specifically and if you lose that because you're part of the the cult and you just want to be the jujitsu lifestyle and you start emulating yourself after, you know, every other great practitioner or whatever, yeah. then you're no longer you. Right. You're just a, you're just a watered down version of Marcelo Garcia. <laughs> you're not Marcelo Garcia. There's only one Marcelo Garcia. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I'm not? You're not. So everything I taught today was bogus? <laughs> Total bullshit. Dang God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, like that. But I, I watch all his videos. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've watched every single one of them. Sixteen times. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good to have 
your heroes <laughs> and to admire them for their skill or personality or whatever. But yeah. but don't forget that like you are you and you're valuable to our team because you are somebody different that's going to take this art and you're going to work on the fundamentals like everybody else and you're going to come out the other end with something new, right? Yeah. And that something new doesn't have to be revolutionary. It just has to be you. Yeah. Yeah, and we're looking for partners. So so I guess what we're saying here is like keep drinking the Kool-Aid, but but when you need to stop drinking it, stop drinking it. Like, Just sip at it. Like, here's the thing, because, like, <laughs> that's how people become involved, and that's how they become as crazy about it as we are. Um, so we're not saying, like, you know, the new person who comes in, obviously, this is what happens. But, you know, on the other side of it is this, is that, like, we, we love to see people energized and excited about it. and, and Sure, absolutely. You know, and, and what we're calling out is that, don't let it affect you to the point where you can't take a week off without feeling guilty. Don't feel the guilt. Yeah, don't. You know, because we're all still going to be here. And and here's the honest to God truth. If you think you can't take a week off, I want you to, next time you're at the gym, look around. And everybody in that gym has taken a week off. Of course. Every single person there. Of course. And they're all still there. They're all getting promoted. They're all moving along and progressing. Some people take well, years off. Most are progressing. Most are progressing. We won't mention any names, but <laughs> most are progressing. I had a head shaking moment earlier this morning, and I was just like, "Toby, Toby, one Toby Kenobi, one Kenobi. He's just not going to make it. He he, he doesn't know jujitsu yeah, at all. None, not even not a, a, little not bit. Even a little bit. I just I was just watching him. I was like, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Toby. <laughs> Love that kid. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I I you know I agree. You, everybody in there, and some people have taken years off of jujitsu. You know, and it happens, you know, but I think like, I think again, one of the, one of the, and I would be, I could be wrong, but I think a lot of times when that happens, it's because, because it it is built up to the point where it is dominating every aspect of your life. And then you just get so frustrated with it and you realize like, I just have to cut everything out. And I'm like, everything in moderation, including moderation. Yeah. Right. Like just, it's jujitsu is no different than anything else, you know, in, in that respect. And it, and it has something there for you no matter what time you train, no matter when you get in there, no matter what you're working on, who you are, what level you're at. And and take advantage of that. But don't allow – and I say, you say, sip the Kool-Aid or just drink it. Don't drink it at all. Don't drink the Kool-Aid at all. <laughs> be part of the cult. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Right? <laughs> like be the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, but be it because it's part of who you are and you bring something to the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, not the other way around. Sure. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I love it. That's brilliant. So what's on your mind today? Uh, what's on my mind? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Speaking of martial arts, I just wanted to make a comment about trashing other martial arts. Jiu-jitsu practitioners in particular, I find, are really good at trashing... Bunch of jerks! Yeah, all, all, other, all other forms of martial art. Now, don't get me wrong, because I still think Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the best martial art. Yeah. And I'm willing to prove it, right? I'm willing to fight whoever yeah. you know, from any discipline and, and choke you. Right. But, but I will say this, like we get a little bit on our, our pedestal, a little bit on our high horse, a little bit up there. Yeah. A little bit up there when I can, like, I can tell you right now, having, having, uh, trained with people who have a variety of disciplines everywhere from karate to Kung Fu to, uh, Muay Thai to, you know, uh, Greco Roman wrestling, freestyle wrestling, uh, judo, of course, but that's part of our, that's part of our internal workings. But, but all these like martial arts bring a a certain amount. If you, if you practice martial arts, I think you're, I think you're pretty, 
pretty fucking cool. Yeah, so let, I, let's just throw some names out. Should we? Uh, Lo- Loyota Machida. Yeah, karate. Conor McGregor. Right. Right. Who, who's our boy from Vegas, the Greco-Roman wrestler? I don't know. Ah, oh, man. Who are you talking about? Uh, one of the greatest of all time. I'm drawing a blank on his name. How stupid am I? Are you talking about Randy Couture? I am speaking of him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I mean, I just did one way. Yeah, Randy Couture, <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, like there's there's value. Like guys that train in boxing and all this stuff. Like, there's yeah. value in all these things. And uh, and if you find a good practitioner in any of these arts, like like I don't know about you, Galino, but I do not want to get kicked by uh, by a dude that's been training in karate. Yeah, no, you thank know, you. For, you know, 20 years. I do not want to get kicked by him. Yeah. The same way with Muay Thai. Like, you, I do not want to get stuck in a clinch and kneed in the face by a guy that's been training in Muay Thai for, you know. Can I call one out, though, that, that is completely bogus? What's that? CrossFit. <laughs> I, I've never seen one CrossFit fit person beat up anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Chad. <laughs> Hey Derek, how many reps did you do today? Eat it, Kevin. That's not a pull-up, man. Hey Karen, did you do enough chin-ups today? I love CrossFit, though. I love it. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, don't. I don't. I don't do CrossFit at all. I don't do CrossFit at all. But I will say this. See, look. Here's a, here's an important. This is an important point. Okay, and that is like, look. If you get out there and you start moving your body, you know what my biggest problem with CrossFit is is that I worry about them. I watch, I watch them train and I'm like, oh, fudge, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to break your back. Don't do that. Like, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like these guys and gals are strong and ripped and all that other stuff. And that's cool. Uh, you know, if that's your jam or whatever, and I'm glad that you're doing something. Don't act you. tough. Yeah. Don't, no, don't act tough. No, but here, the, the big thing for CrossFit and me, I actually, you know, I did a lot of lifting growing up. I, I was a power lifter through football years and all that. Me too. I was a power lifter for a yeah, while. And you know, I, I did find enjoyment in it. Um, my, it's, it's mainly a jealousy with me, to be honest, because my joints are not healthy enough to do any of that. <laughs> it isn't like if you asked me to do like 300, um, clean presses in a row, like I might actually have parts laying on the floor yeah. when I'm done. Yeah. Like this is not a possibility yeah. for me. Here's my response to that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Linda. Linda. <laughs> I got so, something for you. So yeah. So what's on your mind there, Chief? Oh, oh. Well, we, while you're looking that up, I just that that my whole point is is like like don't be so quick to like you know like yeah. here's the thing like we're all part of like a larger family called martial arts, and yeah. I have a lot of like I have a lot of respect for martial artists. Me right? too. And there's lots of things in martial arts that's just bullshit, right? I mean, it just is part of the the process, and it, even in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But you see, that's the other thing too. All these other martial arts, a lot of them are drinking the Kool Aid also. That's right. That's so true. if you're out there, don't drink that Kool Aid either. That's right. So if I'm talking to all like and and and, and I'll use the, the the guys and gals that we have in our class that have trained in other martial arts that are still practitioners of those arts. And they come and train jujitsu too, yeah. right? Because they understand that, like, okay, there's not just one side to this coin. Although there's value in all of it for a variety of reasons, whatever it is that you get out of it is yeah. fine. But like, yeah, I would never tell somebody you don't need karate because jujitsu is the way. Even though I would say that, I don't really mean it. I mean, go. Train I mean, even karate. though we would prove that, even though I would prove, we it don't to really you, mean it. I don't really mean it. I mean, go train in karate. Yeah, That's just awesome. Do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever you want. Don't listen except, to me. Except for CrossFit. Except for CrossFit. Don't do don't, that. Don't do CrossFit. <laughs> K- 
Kevin, listen to me. Stop doing CrossFit and get to the jiu-jitsu gym. Hey, hey, Chad, you can stop doing chin-ups now. It's been three days. Yeah, you've done. Okay, we, you've proven that you can do more chin-ups than me. It, if that was actually a chin-up, but it's not, Chad. <laughs> oh, it's a waist-up. So sorry. Uh, so my apologies. <laughs> All right, so I came across this video. Okay. And I don't know why, but the very first thing I thought of was you. Okay, I can't wait to see this. And um, it's called. Let me give you the uh, the actual name of the video here. It's called "Artist Dog Poops on a Wall." Artist dog poops on wall. Okay, right, are we ready here? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I'm watching it right now. All right, let me get the volume going. All right, we got the volume up. <laughs> so it's a quick video. Let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and rewind this here. So what what we're looking at here is is a a chihuahua. <laughs> we've got a we've got a chihuahua. Okay. And um he's put he's put in reverse. He is up against the wall. He's got his legs up on the wall, his butt's against it. And uh go ahead and play again. And he leaves <laughs> He leaves a sticker. He leaves a sticker on the wall. <laughs> and that and that poop he left is 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 probably what five uh, brick blocks up. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw this up on our six AM page yeah, real quick was, so you all can see this. That was masterful. <laughs> That was wall masterful. Poops. That was a wall poop. And you know, we often get criticized for talking about poop too much on this on this show. But I'm sorry. That's you can't get can't, much better than that right yeah, there. That was a good one. That was a good one. Speaking of poop on the wall, yeah, I have I have a terrific story for you. Do you want to hear it? Abs- absolutely. Okay. So, so, so when my dad returned from Vietnam, he ended up uh, going to Indianapolis to finish out his uh, his uh, tour. Okay. Uh, and he had to come home. He had to come home from Vietnam uh, because uh, his mother, uh, my grandmother, had passed away. And so instead of going back, he uh, he went to um, you know he went to Indianapolis and he was doing physicals and so forth. But he was also moonlighting at a local hospital. Okay, and uh, and, and I can't recall now. And I'll probably fuck this up. Uh, but I can't recall now if he was doing if he was doing intake and this happened while he was working for the Navy as a corpsman or if this was at the hospital. But at any rate, he had a patient who had uh, who was stopped up. He was constipated. Uh-oh. Okay, and they had a very at their disposal. They had a very powerful enema that they wanted to that they used to clear you <laughs> out, right? And so he gave his patient this enema, and he put them in the bathroom. And he says, "What you have to understand about this bathroom is that it was basically a closet." He's like, so in other words, you sat on the toilet and the door was like seriously three inches from your face, right? <laughs> so he puts him in there and he shuts the door and he says, a couple minutes go by and he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> right? He opens the door. This, this enema shot this guy off the toilet. He's like, there's shit, there's shit sprayed all over the wall. And he knocked himself out. He hit, he hit himself against the door and knocked himself out. <laughs> The KO. It was over. (laughs) Oh, man. I wish I was there for that. I'm glad I wasn't. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, 
There you go. That's great. Yeah. So the artistry probably, but that was more Jackson Pollock than it was. That was more Picasso. Oh yeah, that know? was. You know, it's it's funny. Picasso. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's just like he went. Yeah, he, he <laughs> like was, a he's a stamp of approval. <laughs> 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 the little dogs crack me up. I feel like I need one. Yeah, I agree. Oh man, I'm crying here. So, well, that's it for that's it for this episode. Any yeah. parting thoughts, Galino? No, I mean not at all. I feel like I feel like I've I think learned everything. Di- I think we've covered. I think this will probably be the last episode we ever do because there's nothing else to talk about. We've, wall, so wall poop and ko enemas. Ko enemas and wall poop. Done. It's terrific. It's done done my friend oh i should mention before we go that this episode is not recorded by pat yeah pat is um is sick today he's got various other things that are he had to work work which i i contend is a sickness yeah it is a sickness yeah um but he'll be back next week he should be back next week so we apologize in advance for the quality of audio that you're about to you know partake in I know everybody was pretty excited at one point in time you did tell me to get away from the microphone I did I was like you're too close and I like push you back (laughs) (laughs) so anyway that's it so beyond that have a great week everybody yeah don't drink the fucking Kool-Aid later